busy. Now he's going to move like a little rabbit. Mac, why do you... Hello! I'm Joe Leonardo, and welcome to Blind Pilots, where the goal is to have a team of writers blindly create the best TV pilot ever written. Here's how it works. Four writers each write only five pages of a 20-page pilot, but the writers can only see the last page written by the previous writer. For example, the writer that wrote pages 6 through 10 only sees page 5 from the previous writer. The writer that does pages 11 through 15 only sees page 10, and so on. At the end of the process, we will have 20 complete pages written of a brand new original story that at least hopefully makes sense. And at most, is the beginning of the next Emmy-dominating TV show. For this episode, over the past month, our team of writers have been hard at work blindly creating the best TV pilot ever made. They all have not seen any of the other pages their colleagues have written. Until now. Let's start by introducing our audio engineer and people's critic, who will be rating our pilot today, Andrew Berger. Andrew, hello. Hello, Joe. What's up? So tell me, uh, is there any new TV shows or anything you've been watching recently that you like, don't like? Uh, I just saw Oppenheimer last night. Okay, that's a movie. I saw... (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching Ahsoka, the Star Wars show. Oh, is that good? It's it's it has lightsabers, so you know, yeah, yeah. redeeming. And uh, I did see two other films, um, Bottoms and You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Oh, that's the Adam Sandler one. Yeah, I hear his daughter's a really good actress. That is his daughter. Wow. Yeah, they're both his daughters, actually. What? Really, Nepo babies. <laughs> That's so fun. And is it Dina Menzel plays his wife, which I had no idea. And his actual wife is also in the movie. Really? And Not doesn't play his, his wife? wife? Oh, Whoa, oh, that's oh, some no. drama. That is a really, um, really strong woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm really confident in what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Without further ado. Good banter, good banter. Let's introduce the writers. Pages one through five were written by Dylan Evans. Dylan Evans is a Queens-based writer-performer who has written and performed at theaters around the country, including the Upright Citizens Brigade and the Annoyance Theater, where he debuted his sketch show, The Delenium Approaches. He is not here today because of... Busted. Because of work. Instead, we have the wonderful Bridget Riscala. Yes. who is a writer and comedian from Brooklyn, New York. You can catch her performing improv with Rat Scraps and Higgins stand-up throughout the city, or you can take a class from her at UCB. Why limit yourself? Was I supposed to read that last sentence? I don't know. I don't you know wrote that. it. I, I, I wrote it because I was asked to write it. it. It was one sentence that took me like... It was uh, more than one sentence. I get, well, it's a, you had to break it down for effect. <laughs> Your parts are Ziggy and Marla. Thank you. Pages 6 through 10 is written by David Blovbend, who is an omnivorous plant creature. Is it omnivore or omnivorous? What did he write? Omnivorous? Omnivorous. Omnivorous. Yeah. David Blovbend is an omnivorous (laughs) plant (laughs) creature (laughs) whose natural enemy is the cobra. But he wrote that. That's fun. But like he's like an accomplished comedy person. Yeah, Yeah, he's been on TV. I know. I want to like give him an actual. I've heard of him. He didn't write like a. He was on a few episodes of Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Maisel. Yeah, Yeah. he was on Colbert. He played a Russian guy on Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. Gethard Show. Gethard Show. He's the human fish. He's so too big for this, I guess. Commercials. Well, he's actually doing something he had. He really wanted he to books. come, but he couldn't. So he books. My point stands. Yeah. Instead, we have the wonderful Matt Radlow. Hey, if you can't have the best, get the rest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Matt Radlow has been a, a New York improviser and comedy person since 2011, and he has a podcast called Wow, What a Story that a bunch of his friends say is funny. That is true. And the public, people love that show. Thank you. Your parts are Captain Turk, Robot Kevin, PA, and Big Turtle. Uh, surely you meant Captain Kirk. Captain Turk, my friend. Weird. <laughs> Uh, pages 11 through Cousins. 15 were written by Lily Blumpkin. 
She's a writer and performer based in New York. Did I say Blumpkin? Yeah, that's I right. always want to say Blumpkin. I know, but don't. Okay. The P is not there. <laughs> I know, I know. For the record. And now yeah, it's can you, on yeah. the recording. Oh, can you, so can you, can you spell that? Cut that out. Can I will cut that out. B-L-U-M-K-I-N. I know. No My, P. There's no P. <laughs> Uh, pages 11 through 15, written by Lily Blumkin, America who is a writer and performer based in Brooklyn. She has been <laughs> featured as a sketch player on The Daily Show, where she works as a writer's assistant. She also has written for the 2023 White House Correspondents' Dinner, hosted by Roy Wood Jr. Uh, when she's not at work, Lily is writing and performing with her Boogie Manja sketch team, Wicked Triplet. I hear they're good. Uh, her independent sketch team, Time to Kill, and her armory improv team, Hamlet for Horses. Plus, she performs original solo characters ar- all around the city. You can check out more on her website, lilyblumpkin.com. Yeah, that was too long. Yeah, how dare you I know. give me shit for one sentence? I know, one sentence. I was, I was admiring sorry, one sorry. sentence. I, but, uh, but I think it makes people remove the P. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Forget about the P. Remember the rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you got a shout out from Roy Wood oh, Jr. Yeah, on Conan's nice. podcast, calling you out by name. It's very oh, kind of him. Very kind. Come on, come on. Yeah. You'll be playing parts <laughs> Lieutenant Guan in Big Turtle. I believe it's pronounced Guan. G W A N. Guan. It's Guan to me. Yeah. Parts <laughs> Lieutenant Guan and Big Turtle. Pages 16 through 20 was written by Stacy Kulo, who's a comedian, writer, and director, and host of the podcast, Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. One sentence, short, concise, love it. Thank you. Um, a veteran at UCB, one of my favorite sketch writers. You did Flying Blind, I think, like 900 times? Maybe two? <laughs> 200. <laughs> Honestly, I, I barely ask people back. So, yeah. Oh. There you go. Yeah, never oh asked me back. Never asked me back. I was Is in his true? wedding and he never asked me Wait. back. I was at the wedding. I was never asked okay. back. <laughs> You'll be playing the parts of Commander Mox, Blaze, Catherine, Winky Toots, and Ziggy. And Andrew, our trusty uh, people's critic and audio engineer, you'll be playing the small bits of crew narrator Chad 13. Oh, Chad 13. All right. Just to give a heads up, everyone was told the suggestion to start off uh, the pilot beforehand, all the writers, and the suggestion was cosmic romance. Ooh. Ooh. So we're going to find out where everyone took out. And, and just uh, to, to remind, I know I read this in the beginning, but nobody here has read what their previous writer has written yeah. or the writer after them. No, written. I've only read the names on the top and it's been confusing oh, yeah, me the whole that's time. Right. Yeah, and then the show yelled at <laughs> and you. Yeah, I keep getting yelled at. I'm like, okay, well, it's no. literally the two bright things on the page. Yeah, let the record show that Joe has been mean to Bridget since she's And I, w- I would arrived. like I would like the record to show because this was not recorded. He told me not to be mean to him prior to us pressing the record. I did. And I homeboy did. brought the roast out. <laughs> you know what it is? I threw up my defense before it would happen. Yeah, and he's like, this this bitch. I'm like, yeah, we no. are friends. No, we're very good friends. She's like one of my top 50 people. We're really good wow. friends. Where do the rest of us top rank? 50. Okay. Where, do the, where do the rest of us rank? You're, we're all good friends. Rank us. I rank was, us. I rank say Stacy was one of his favorites. The rest of us did not. No. Know. I wasn't, I wasn't she, invited to the wedding. You were very great. I didn't right, know, understand Joe. the premise of flying blind. Great, great, great. Anyways. <laughs> Let the pilot begin. Okay. Pages one through five, written by Dylan Evans. Interior, captain's chamber of the SS Tucana, night. A gray, sterile suite. A cold, metal bed sits in the middle of the room. To the left, a wall of screens, instruments, and consoles with blinking lights. To the right, a metal desk with papers strewn across it. Captain Kirk J. Turk, a mid-thirties jacked man who can and will do more push-ups than you, does pull-ups from a pipe, staring out a large window into the vast abyss of space. Captain Turk drops from the pipe and wipes his face with a towel. Captain's Log, Space Date 4725.4. My first year as a captain, leading the SS Tucana, will draw to a close shortly. This year has been trying to say the least. 
We've successfully completed every mission Galactic HQ has dispatched, beginning with the rescue of the SS Selino from the ruthless, war-torn planet of Jabba 6. Smash cut to exterior Jabba 6 battlefield day. A red, dusty battlefield. Captain Turk braces himself against a boulder as lasers shoot past him on all sides. He clutches a ray gun to his chest. He takes a deep breath and rolls out from behind the boulder. Eat laser, you bastards! Captain Turk dodges enemy fire while blasting his ray gun until it clicks empty. He throws his ray gun before rolling back behind the boulder. He grabs a cowering space commander, Lieutenant Guan, a delicate man in his early 20s who is the shape and weight of a pencil. Get the crew to the jump pad and get on the Tucana. I'll hold them off. But sir, it's suicide. It's only suicide if I die. Cut back to interior, captain's chambers, night. Captain Turk holds an honorary medal the shape of a star in his hand, staring blankly at it. Or who could forget our narrow escape from the Hogars through the Pollux asteroid field? Exterior, Pollux asteroid field. The SS Tucano weaves through a dense asteroid field, dipping, turning, and lurching to avoid collisions. Captain Turk sits in the command chair of the SS Tucana as a crew of space commanders run around him. The Tucana dips, shakes, and lurches violently. Lieutenant Guan reads a navigational screen. Sir, there's only 1% chance that we'll make it by warp jumping through that black hole. One's a whole lot more than zero. Punch it, you bastard. Cut back to interior, captain's chambers, night. Captain Turk examines a scar above his eye in a mirror and laughs to himself. Ha ha ha, always a good reminder to wear your space seatbelt. Captain Turk returns to the window. Maybe the most trying of all was my duel with the evil alien warlord, Yed Pryor. Smash cut to interior space ore processing plant, day. Captain Turk wields a glowing photon sword, standing on a graded walkway. The walkway is 100 feet above a huge tank filled with steaming lava-like plasma. Across from him, a large alien in a dark cloak also wields a photon sword. They stare each other down. Captain Turk yells down to Lieutenant Guan, who is several flights below him. Grab the ship and hover outside. I'll be back on ship before the processing plant explodes. But sir, everyone knows you almost failed your hand-to-hand combat exam at the Galactic Citadel. It took you five times to pass. Good thing I only have to kill one bastard then. Cut back to interior, captain's chambers, night. Captain Turk holds his power-down photon sword. He flips it in the air, but drops it. He kicks it across the room. And yet, Captain's Log, one last mission remains open and incomplete. Captain Turk spins around, panicked. How the heck am I going to get a girlfriend before the space captain's ball? (laughs) Captain Turk dives onto his bed. He lays on his stomach, his chin perched in his hands, kicking his legs up and down. Oh, Captain's Log, what am I ever going to do? The space captain's ball is in one week, and I don't have a date! Captain Turk rolls onto his back and puts his hands over his eyes. If I don't get a date to the space captain's ball, I'll be a laughingstock. It'll be like a flarfing galactic citadel prom all over. Suddenly, three knocks on the door. Captain Turk collects himself, gets up off the bed, and stands up straight. End captain's log entry. You may enter. Lieutenant Guan enters with Commander Mox, a precise woman, a, right? Precise? Precious? Precise? Precise. She's precise. She's really precise. A precise woman in her mid-twenties who is so by the book that she found a typo in the Galactic HQ Book of Regulations. Sir, the new commander from Galactic HQ is here. Ah, uh, yes. Commander Mox, is it? Yes, sir. Excited to join the SS Tucana, sir. I run a tight operation here, Commander. I expect your best. Of course, sir. I read all your mission reports while I was at the Galactic Citadel, sir. Good, good. I'm glad they're teaching something useful at the Galactic Citadel these days. If you don't mind me asking, sir. Fire away, Commander. 
Well, sir, it seems like all your missions devolve into a, and pardon the language, clusterflarf? Requiring you to perform some sort of heroic miracle to save the whole crew. These missions should be cut and dry and completed rather simply. A beat. Sir. You believe that, Commander? That's what they're teaching at the Galactic Citadel? And how about you, Lieutenant? Do you agree with the new Commander? Lieutenant Guan, sweating, looks back and forth. Well, sir, I don't like to make decisions. With that being said, I'm excited to join you on our next mission. I believe we should have time for one more before the annual Space Captain's Ball, sir. Yes, of course. I was just looking over our options, and one did catch my eye. Captain Turk picks up a piece of paper with a list of missions on it. He smiles to himself. One mission is circled. One mission to accomplish all of our goals. End of page five. I was hooked. Were you hooked? I'm hooked. I wanted to see where it goes. So let's briefly go over what that was about. Okay, so we had Captain Turk. He is obviously like a swashbuckling captain. He's so brave. Kirk, very brave. He's, He's also swole as hell. Swole as hell. <laughs> uh, he has done everything there is to know except find a date for the captain's ball. Oh, you would think now, hot guy wouldn't have a hard time. There might be something we don't know. Don't maybe know. there's maybe Seems smells like Mox bad. Came in at the right time. So it looks like Mox and a she's precise. precise. <laughs> <laughs> the precise yeah. woman. A precise mid twenty lady. Yeah. Is precise a, like a term to describe someone? No, but I think it's so but, funny. But I got it. Okay. Yeah. But if I you describe someone s- that with a word isn't that usually doesn't describe a person, it makes a lot. It's more a great sense. comedy yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think her suit's very ironed. I see. All her buttons she, are in a row. Yeah. Type A. She's very Type A. She's probably yeah, Virgo or Capricorn. Definitely. You know? yeah. She's the kind of person who would see a precise woman on a piece of paper and be like, "That's not real." Yeah. So she's a Julian. <laughs> she's the yeah. one who's like, Barbie's not realistic expectations. <laughs> I'm gonna see Oppenheimer. <laughs> she would never go on a date with her boss. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. We'll see. Well, we'll, we'll see, see Stacy. We'll see. We'll see. Now we're gonna read pages six through ten, written by David Bloodbend. Interior, Archangel, Gabriel Space Station, Bridge. The crew speaks in unison, totally shocked. We're We're blowing blowing up up the planet? Captain Turk stands in front of a video screen that outlines a planet labeled Marduk 7. The Galactic Citadel established a mining colony on the planet Marduk 7 ages ago. Due to the precious metals that are fused to the planet's crust, now the workers are striking. And after we created jobs for them. Blaze, an anthropomorphic fox person slash fighter pilot chimes in. So we're union busters? Oh, no, it's much worse than that. Uh, the Citadel thinks it would cost more to fight the strike than to just exterminate the entire planet. And remember, you're all political prisoners who tried to defy the keepers of the faith. So you got to do it. Our mission is to blow up the entire planet with thermocharges and scout the debris from the aftermath to execute any survivors. Blaze knocks over a table. Damn it, Turk. You're sick. You can't make us kill for the Citadel. Uh, yes I can, because you're the... Cut to. Corny sitcom music kicks in, and we see the team's title shows up in big, colorful, bold letters. The Disposables. Oh, wow. <laughs> the narrator, whom we all love, fills us in on the premise. Six political prisoners, each of the best at what they do, were captured during a protest and now have to serve as hired assassins for the Galactic Citadel's most insane missions. There's a good chance most of them will die. But that's okay, because they're the disposables. Tonight's episode, The Big Dance. And I love you too. <laughs> Cut back to interior, Archangel Gabriel Space Station, continuous. The disposables are lamenting over their latest mission. Big Turtle, a giant sea turtle wearing an eye patch and two giant cannons mounted on his shell is drinking hot chocolate. I don't know how many more murders I can commit. Is weighing heavy on my conscience. Ziggy, a floating eyeball, 
Ever the optimist of the group tries to lighten the mood. Her giant wet eye blinks extremely loudly when she speaks via telepathy. Cheer up, squad. At least there's an annual space prisoner's ball on the same night as the annual space captain's ball. I say we finally killed Turk while he's asleep. But then who will unlock the collars around our neck? The ones that will explode if we try to break our captivity. Turk carries a key around his waist at all times just to taunt us. Blaze whips out a ring of keys. Snuck up into his room when he was asleep. Wait, really? Chad 13, a member of the team wearing a very nice red v-neck sweater, excitedly grabs the keys from Blaze's hands. <laughs> Why didn't you say so earlier? Chad takes the middle key on the chain and inserts it into the collar lock. An alarm on the collar beeps rapidly and explodes, blowing his head off, killing him instantly. Because I wanted to wait and figure out which was the right key. Otherwise... She points to Chad's mutilated body slumped over his chair. Talk about a cluster fluff. Language, turtle! Sorry. I say once we figure out how to unlock these collars, we head back to the Citadel, free the rest of the prisoners, and nuke the entire space captain's ball. Winky Toots, the quiet, (laughs) reserved member of the team with large glasses nervously chimes in. So, uh, Blaze, what does that mean, you're, uh, going to the ball? Because, you know, if you were going and I was going, then maybe... Oh, I see. Winky Toots, I told you before, (laughs) we're just friends. I know, I was just saying, (laughs) we would go as friends. No, I don't want to go to this dance, but we have to go through with the mission. There are more important things than the ball and kissing under the Machio star, which hovers over the Citadel, whose Citadel powers are so strong, legend says whoever kisses underneath it will be in love forever. Things like being free and going back home. Blaze storms off. She has a point, Winky Toots. You should forget about finding a girlfriend. We've all got a lot of stuff on our minds. But if I come back to Andromeda after years of being a POW without a girlfriend, my dad and brothers will think I'm a loser. Maybe your dad and brothers will just be happy to see you alive. Robot Kevin, the mechanical wonder, enters. His large hydraulic muscles are very loud and scrape against the walls of the ship. (laughs) The studio audience goes insane at his entrance. Me, yeah, I plan on taking a couple of dates to the ball tonight. Multiple dates? I'm bringing a couple of drones. You know what they say about drones. One's not enough and three is too many. Studio audience laughs very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Uh, Are all your drones aware of each other, Robot Kevin? No, but hey, I'm Robot Kevin. I'm sure they'll understand. It isn't nice to treat anyone like that, even robots. You'll hurt their feelings. You wouldn't like to be asked out and find out you're just a side piece, would you? Robot Kevin looks like he feels bad, and the audience is still on his side. They go, aw. You're right, Ziggy. I'm going to call the other two drones and explain. I hope they all don't hate me. Audience claps. Robot Kevin exits. Just another day on the prison ship, wouldn't you say, Big Turtle? You can say that again, Ziggy. They lean in like they're about to kiss. Ziggy, the large floating eyeball, blinks very softly. Big Turtle's beak opens and sticks his tongue out. Suddenly, Big Turtle's head explodes. Brain matter and turtle slime splatter all over Ziggy's giant eyelids. A gun comes into frame. I understand. You have some keys I've been missing. That was Captain Turk, by the way, just in case we forgot. End of page 10. Talk about a twist. Okay, big twist now. So Captain Turk is an asshole. Yeah. Union buster. He didn't even include the woman he's trying to court in that mission. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he already already hooked up with her. Yeah, one and done. That's the kind of game it seems like. Totally. No, David Bloodman hates women. He's like, we don't need her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, David, you can't defend yourself. (laughs) He's like, too many women. (laughs) Let's get an eyeball. She was definitely on page five a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this one a little bit had a kind of vibes of what's going on in the industry, uh, Mm -hmm. the entertainment industry with the strike and everything. So this is kind of a um, topical. It's a parable. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what a parable is? A fable. Yeah, it's a parable. I don't know. Allegory. The difference between Aesop and allegory. Jesus. Allegory. I don't really know. <laughs> What's the difference between a parable and an allegory? 
An allegory is like matching. Like animal isn't Animal Farm an allegory? Or am I lying? Don't or the allegory the of the cave? Yeah, you know, the allegory of the cave is like the Plato stuff. Yes. Can someone who's not Jesus tell a parable? I don't know. Because oh. isn't the allegory of the cave like you, the only, they see the shapes, so that's what they think. They see the is shadows the on the wall. They're prisoners. They see shadows, and they believe the shadows are the reality. Are the reality, but it's really the people outside the cave. Yeah. So, so the they don't know it's actually is true. So that can't be the allegory. Yeah. Anyways, fantastic <laughs> writing. Yes. Um, we're going somewhere. So now the love interests are between Big Turtle and. Ziggy, but Ziggy. he died. Yeah, but, but Big Turtle's dead. He died. He got dead. squished by a gun. But now Captain Turk is back. So where will this go? Who's to say? Well, Lily Blumpkin is to say. Yeah. yeah. Minus the P. Minus Lily the Blumpkin. P, no P. You know, we can um, take that Because out. she wrote pages. <laughs> Another David Bluffman in here hates women. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bluffman's and Blumpkin kind of sound pretty similar. Cool. It's all the bees out there. Yeah. All the bees. Yeah. Turns out I hate women too. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> so pages 11 through 15 were written by Lily Blumkin. Mm -hmm. We'll read them right now. Captain Turk puffs out his chest. He's a bald and burly man. So his description changed a bit. He's had a very stressful He's had a haircut. He's, He's so burly. He's Listen, so burly. Yeah. people He's can so change and grow. <laughs> He's a bald and burly man. Very intimidating. So that's the same. Think of Terry Crews with none of the charm. Captain Turk, I, uh... Don't uh, even think about making an eyeball pun, you worthless sack of gelatin. Studio audience goes, Whoa. Damn! Damn. Damn! Captain Turk inches forward menacingly. I know you and that disgustingly massive turtle broke into the Flexitron room and stole ribonucleic acid. Human RNA? Of, of course not. Why would we? Don't interrupt me, you gluttonous orb. He continues to inch forward menacingly, although he's not much further from where he started. You and I both know that human RNA is the only lubricant safe enough for sexual intercourse between giant floating eyeballs and revoltingly large turtles. No, you, you don't understand. And with no supervision around, you thought, well, surely now would be the perfect time to consummate our deeply illegal romance, didn't you? Captain Turk, please. He gains approximately three inches. But did you ever stop and think, you rubbery oculus, that just because there's no human supervision in this corner of the prison ship doesn't mean we're not still watching you? You're an eyeball. You should know when you're being seen. I loved him, Captain. I loved him with every rod in my retina. I knew it was illegal under intergalactic space law. I knew our torrid affair put both of our lives in danger, but we were in love, pure, passionate, intensely physical love. And now he's gone. <laughs> oh, my BT, how I've let you down. He sobs as the studio audience sniffles quietly. Enough. Prepare to die, Zaggy. Cut, Ziggy, Frank, for the eighth time, it's Ziggy. Pan to reveal Marla, 60s, graying, constantly irritated, sitting in a director's chair. What? Wait a minute. The alien sitcom that was definitely happening over the last 10 pages isn't the actual show we're watching? <laughs> what we're actually watching is a show about the making of that show? Are you kidding me? What? So next you're going to tell me that... <laughs> that girl director is some washed up former big shot who's using this unhinged sitcom to make a comeback for herself. You are? So does that mean she's the protagonist of this show? Okay, what? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. What could possibly come next? Just take five. I personally needed that. Marla hops off her chair, heading outside for a smoke break. Hey, Marla, I'm so sorry about that. Didn't sleep well last night. I haven't slept well since 1978. Just fix it. She keeps walking as a producer, Catherine, late 40s, early 50s, no nonsense, <laughs> catches up to her. <laughs> Very precise. Very precise. 
<laughs> hey, boss. So the network hates the precocious sister in act two. We're going to have to do reshoots this afternoon. What? But the protagonist's sister is the only reason Ziggy learns he's in love with Big Turtle. I know. They push open the door. Exterior, filming lot, day, continuous. God, what am I even saying? I know. She holds her head in her hands. I know. 43 fucking years later. I know. I should have just let Schneider take this one. No, Em, this is good work. Guaranteed work. It's just a stepping stone. Today, YA bullshit. Tomorrow, A24. You're right. She looks at Catherine. Thank you. Catherine nods and squeezes her hand. She exits. Marla leans her head against a wall and lightens up. A PA, 20s, eager, approaches her. Excuse me, Marla Mavis. <laughs> Sorry, I just... I'm so excited to be working for you. Your first movie, The Butchers of Belgrade, is pretty much the reason I'm gay. Uh, Marla looks at her hand hard. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Marla looks at her hard. You want to be a director? Yes, more than anything. Go kiss someone else's ass. She stomps out her cigarette. I've got fucking work to do. <laughs> Interior, soundstage, day. The crew rearranges the set to look like a classic sitcom living room. Marla sits in the director's chair next to a writer, both of them flipping through binders. Okay, what if instead of eating ice cream, Ziggy comes out to his dad? The actor playing Ziggy, let's say Charles, approaches them. Boss, feels like now's a good chance for me to ask this. You think it's okay I'm playing gay? You've got to be kidding me. Well, as a straight man, which, gotta say, is pretty brave of me to admit, I'm just a bit worried that people might find Ziggy offensive. Suddenly, the actor playing Big Turtle, Ron, approaches, too. And if I could just interject. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God it's you. Uh, Jesus. And if I could just to be specific, it says read it with an Australian accent. (laughs) And if I could just interject, Big Turtle seems to be nothing more than a big stereotype. The two men look at each other, pleased with their advocacy. Boys, how much are you making on this pilot? One point two mil. If all goes well. If all goes well, that's right. You know how much that sad sack is making? She points to the PA. Seventeen an hour. If all goes well. You know what would make all go well? You two pricks shutting your damn mouths and reading this gay gibberish word Jesus for Christ. word. Ziggy slash Charles frowns and shakes his head. I, I I just think my moral compass wouldn't allow it. Yeah, I'm starting to think I have morals too. <laughs> Guess that means there's only one thing to do, eh, Charles? Lady, Lady boss, boss, we, we quit. quit. End of page 15. <laughs> Also, listener, this was written by Lily Blumkin. <laughs> writer's assistant for The Daily Show. So it's okay. And Roy Wood gave her a shout out on Conan's podcast, so he he also, uh, he seconds this. <laughs> okay, Lily Blumkin uh, also hates women. <laughs> there's a theme, there's a theme. Stacy can't wait. And I will also say, the hardest page five to hand to someone. Because yeah. this, all that, it's like, Stacey has no idea where this came from, where this is going. So I feel like she was given such a hard hand. All right, but let's review. So let's review what's happening right now. Okay, please. Okay. Um, so at the end of the last one, uh, Turk killed Big Turtle? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. then- As Ziggy was kids. As Ziggy. And then we find out, uh, so Turk has uh, a conversation with Ziggy. Mm-hmm. About how they ha- so Ziggy reveals that there was a um, a loving relationship between them and Big Turtle, and then we turned out there's uh, the, you guys can help me out with this. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. my best. Uh, then it, we find out that it, this is all just uh, a TV show, a TV show, yeah. and and it's Marla's big Marla's comeback. Yeah, it's yes. her big mm-hmm. comeback. Yes, and she is the director, and she is a little misogynist. Yeah. You know, she's an old yeah. lady. She's doesn't care anymore to learn yeah. new, new and, tricks. And, and I'll say that she is kind of just, yeah, she's just using this as her n- next stepping stone, but she definitely hates the project. And But yeah. I, I, in my mind, she's gay. 
because she okay. in my when I was thinking about it, she's gay. Okay, but well, I also that didn't that didn't uh, really she, convey into the page. Okay, well, <laughs> she, okay, well, she no, also, it's time for Joe Leonardo's notes. <laughs> here's my notes. Well, well, wait, I gotta <laughs> say, she stole the idea from the PA. That's the whole thing, right? Like he's like he, you know, oh, the PA goes exactly. up. I'm such a big fan. You're the reason I'm gay. And then the next, the next line from her is like, "All right, what if Ziggy comes out to his dad?" I don't know. Is that yeah, I mean, well, is I that was, interpretation? Or no, that I would, no, I would That's that's not. Is that's everyone not gay now? Well, I'm, I think there's. Oh, okay, no, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2023. Well, yeah, huh? There was the line that said, "It's brave all, to Andrew, admit you're straight." And so. I'll also say, Andrew had his pants off. <laughs> oh my god! For like an hour Reading this, before, and he kept going it. like, "Should I put oh, yeah. my pants on? I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable." <laughs> Well, okay. Up. If I'm being honest, I mean, there was, it was rain. It was a big rainstorm. He was wet. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's okay, not so what I was being honest about. Off. But <laughs> yeah, but um, the part where Marla and Catherine are talking, I was I was hoping to infuse some some yeah. sexual tension because they squeeze the hand. I got that. Have, Thank you. Yeah, that nice, was nice there. Sense. Yeah, okay. and so I'm saying Marla's a she's a okay. butch lesbian. She had that movie that made her a star. Yeah, you should the just reason play she's one of the gay. songs from Beaches. Yeah, and but she doesn't. She doesn't. She thinks this. This new plot is stupid, and we'll see what happens. But none of that was on page fifteen. I will say. Oh, totally. No, totally. <laughs> we, we go. Yeah. Totally. So, wasn't. what what are her thoughts on a floating eyeball? Then she hates it. <laughs> she hates everything. She came here to make indie flicks with her friends, and now she's <laughs> yeah. sold out. Definitely. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's... Well, we'll see what what Stacy thought. We'll see. Yeah, where I, it goes. I had a choice to follow a couple different options here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where you took Stacey, it. I'm really excited. I wrote none of this, so I have nothing to defend, and I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> well, let's, just, let's just see where it goes because pages 16 through 20, the conclusion, Ooh. were written by Stacy Kulo. Charles and Ron simultaneously press buttons on their watches, beaming back to the space station, where the real Ziggy and Big Turtle have their respective third hands entwined, anxiously awaiting Charles and Ron's arrival. Is nobody oh, Ziggy? It's not oh, I am. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you're Ziggy, so it changes yeah, now. Yeah, because now these are new Ziggies. Wow. Because these are the real Ziggies in the real. Oh, I already. This is cool. Okay. Okay. All right, Stacy. All right. So now <laughs> okay. New, okay. PT Anderson. You, she killed it on because I'm. This is a, a tough page. Five. Okay. Okay. Don't spoil. All right, okay. All right. I'm watching. Okay. With my head. <laughs> you does it. You tells us ours's story. They makes us a show. You brings back Crunch's rap supremes. Sorry, fellas, it didn't work out the way we hoped. Oh, oh Ziggy and Big Turtle make just awful noises. They're sad. They absolutely loved the idea of literal star-crossed lovers from air to spice. They thought the story of how you crossed paths several times over centuries without even knowing it before you actually met at the Planet Gala in Brill Gronkrack 6 was so romantic. And they thought our description of what you look like was incredibly creative. Yes, 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 yes we is, is so famous. Is. They make just an awful cacophony of excited noise. But but they did not believe for a second that we were actually abducted by two aliens who picked up the signal of the sitcom we were both on in the early nineties. Who then forced us to reenact and invent new episodes of Sid Show at all waking hours for months and months. Until we convinced them that theirs was the story worth telling. And had them send us back to Earth using wristwatch teleportation technology to pitch it to Hollywood. Noses? Noses. They started making the show, but since they didn't believe any of the details we told them about you guys, they did their own thing, and with it, they took it in a really stupid, very offensive direction. <laughs> we couldn't let them do that to your story, so we got the hell out of there. Maybe they'll make it without us, but if they do, it's gonna suck. And unfortunately, we got out of there so fast, we didn't have time to swing by Taco Bell. Uh, there's an awkward beat. Then Ziggy and Big Turtle start having a whole fit. They throw things. Their bodies just fucking ooze and morph into all kinds of disturbing shapes. 
guys, fells, my boys. We are sar, sar, sorry. <laughs> it continues. <laughs> they maybe switch bodies for a while, like Ziggy becomes the hard-shelled one, and Big Turtle becomes the one with the wavy torso. <laughs> it's a lot. Most of the budget will go into making this look very cool. This goes on for a full four minutes after they've calmed down. Okay, Ziz. Weeses has some plans. Go, go on. Uses days with Weezes all times. All, all times? times? Rests of lives. And writes the shows about ours's love and active for Weezes like befores. And maybe sometimes yours is old's shows is for funsies. 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 Oh, and helps Weezes with our space stuffs. You want us to help you with the space stuff? Yes. Yes, is Weezes a team's nows. And yous needs to figure out how's to make his taco bells. Ors, we eats is you. Ha <laughs> ha. Ziggy and Big Turtle morph into one body and exit the room laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. What the hell were you thinking? That was a little British. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Whatever. <British>. Okay, I'm, <laughs> last time I was like a little southern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? We were free. You could have just stayed on Earth. Why did we teleport back here to tell them all this? Yeah, we were so concerned with making a dramatic exit, we didn't really think that through. Uh, they probably would just have found us again and brought us back up here for the little marionettes for all eternity anyways. You're probably right. Besides, we do actually like the guys. I mean, we could have let the producers butcher their story and played the gay alien stereotypes Hollywood wanted us to portray. God knows there's not much else going on with our careers. Yeah, would have been a job at least. Haven't seen one of those in a minute. We could have had one point two mil, but we stood up for what's right. Stockholm syndrome's wild, man. Look at it this way: we've got a job now. It might only pay in weird alien laughs, and our meals may only be whatever Taco Bell equivalent we can concoct on our own mystery ingredients for the rest of our lives. But we'll get to keep acting together. It's true. Portraying the two most interesting creatures I've ever met. Role of a lifetime. They accept their fate in bro hug as the camera starts to pan out. Some music plays. And do space stuff, apparently. On our man, we're in for a wild ride. Guess we should get cracking on how to make chalupas. <laughs> I can't cook shit. Maybe we should just let them eat us. <laughs> they share a laugh. <laughs> hey, what was up with your choice to play Big Turtle with an Australian accent? <laughs> I don't know, Rain. I was just trying stuff. <laughs> End <Yeah>! of time. <laughs> nice. I fun. think this is a fun story. You, know, Stacey, you did great. <laughs> she did good. She did good. That was she handed a turd and gave. <laughs> what do you, excuse a, me. Oh it was just a page five. That was hard. That was hard. <laughs> she was handed a shit piece of writing. Listen, I'm going to send this to Roy Wood Jr. He's yeah. going to have, he's going to say some nice things. I did misinterpret the Australian thing. I no, that's not the actor. There was no, it doesn't. I thought it was funny. There were so many twists. Yeah, I also thought it was really funny in the Australian part that it was not necessarily you had to be Australian because there was a lot of question. Actually, it's Australian. Yeah. 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 There was no, like, well, yeah. it's my role, so I'm gonna do it. <laughs> the stage direction lacked confidence. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about the last five pages. So now we learn that it was the two real life aliens mm -hmm. of Big Turtle and. Izzy? Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy, Jesus. Ziggy were real. They mm -hmm. sent two captives down to Earth to sell their story to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Hollywood, through the Hollywood machine, made it gay? Is that the issue? They were yeah. gay. Yeah, made they it gay. Were, and then, they were morphing. And we're paying that's, them. That's alien fucking. Well. I think yeah, but they yeah. were they were they were making advantage. a big budget, beautiful, like sell a lot of mm -hmm. tickets to the movie story. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to a real the true love story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of this uh I don't know this genderless but still gay uh, alien couple. <laughs> so I feel like the show would be about the show would be about the two aliens 
trying to recreate their love story with the two Ron and Charles, the two captains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would be the the launching off point to the show. And so wait, space so is stuff this, is the story now only existing in space. In space, yeah. Okay. Cosmic romance. Cosmic oh, romance. Wow. All right, that was the suggestion. That was the suggestion. Now <laughs> let's suggest. move over to our people's critic, Andrew. Andrew. To give our people's <laughs> critic critique. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to answer them with one through five. So give a you know through a rating of one through five. Okay. So was the story clear? Clarity, I'd give it maybe a two. Okay. Can I also say Andrew is very nice. So him giving a two means it was like a negative eight. You know, I just want to remind you, Joe Leonardo, that some of the writers are in the room. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you only you only have a page. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, wait, I, can I ask a question? What, yeah, what sure. wasn't clear? I feel like I was following the whole time. <laughs> but again, I did write five of the pages. The theme changed multiple times. Yeah, of course. So totally. we jumped to different themes. I and love then, that the main character changed so many times. Yeah. yeah. The main yeah. character yeah. changed a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah. Yeah. This swole ass guy, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. He disappeared. I didn't even write any Marla women. Wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. She, it's more like she hates men than she hates women. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It does she, kind of make sense that my description of the aliens is different than the other descriptions of them? Yeah, I Bloodben wrote the most descriptive aliens because he had in his pages. His aliens reminded me of like Mario Kart, Kart or like players. or like Saturday Morning uh, yeah. Cartoons. Toys, I was thinking the Pokemon. There's literally a big turtle with cannons oh, on his That's probably back. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably just him looking at Pokemon yeah. cards. Because yeah. his were the Hollywood representation of the real ones, right? Was, yes, and, yes. And when you think about the story as a whole, his would technically be the Hollywood representations of the real people who are in your yeah. pages. Yeah. 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 We also all did like there were at least three different people who like named a planet and put a number by it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a classic sci-fi. Yeah. And yeah, there was like a, a ball. And they all had yeah. a K in multiple like that. Yeah. Of course. Like this is like uh the Orville meets our last episode of Blind Pilots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, so you have to listen to the last episode yeah, to, to understand episode. what he's talking about. Rate and review. Yeah, please like and subscribe. Five stars, five stars. Uh, yeah. Andrew, <laughs> character development. By this, I mean, does the main character grow from the beginning <laughs> to the end? He dies. <laughs> so a one through. So you give a one through five. This is an easy question for you, Andrew. Yeah. The the main character changes. He me- yeah. it's a it's a what metamorphosis of different people. Uh, I'd say there's so many different characters, but I I liked how the actors were like. Yeah, we're like standing up for what we believe. Um, that's a, an attempt at an Australian accent. Okay, that was oh, good. That, that was really good. good. Thank that you. Was, yeah. There was a very consistent theme besides the first part, the first five pages of just like uh, executives yeah. taking mm-hmm. advantage and yeah, like yeah, yeah, striking yeah. A, a and a lot just, of strike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people try to make money and people yeah. being like, "I'm going to do the right thing." Yeah. Yeah. I would say this is a piece of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. This is it's, very it is a in time the capsule of what is happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. Very true. And Andrew, the last question, the big question. Yeah. Is this an Emmy worthy show? Come on, Andrew. Definitely worth a watch. For the judges to see, <laughs> you're the judge. Yeah, you're oh. supposed to be the judge. You're right. You're right. You are Miss America, Andrew. Strip. I'm yeah. gorgeous. Thank you. These questions. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think it was an honor being nominated, and I want world peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's what Hollywood wants: world peace. And then we have the strike will end, and everybody pay everybody fairly. Exactly. See, see, I, I should have, you know, I should have just kept my pants off. I would have. <laughs> yeah. Just like every Hollywood uh, executive. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Captain Turk has entered the room. <laughs> Where's Marla? Do you guys think it would be fun to ever see a show where there's multiple, like the main character? I mean, I guess shows like that exist where like a main character switches episode to episode. Those lost. Well, yeah. They're supposed to be lost, but they didn't do it. Yeah. But um, would it be. Jack was supposed to die in the pilot. Mm. Oh. But isn't it kind of. Wouldn't it be fun to kind of see a show where it's like. <laughs> I mean, it would be chaotic. Where the protagonist changes every act. Isn't there like, <laughs> There's a show that had that. Well, is that bla- like Black Mirror? I mean, that's episodic. Yeah, I'm saying episodic, like in yeah, one episode, the... like every act break, it's a new main character. That would be a lot. <laughs> it would yeah. be a lot. Isn't there like a Netflix show that like depending on, like you can watch them at whatever order you want and it changes the plot of the show. Yeah. Black Mirror, oh. I think Black Mirror is did it? a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, yeah. a, like a bank heist show with the guy from Breaking Bad. Oh. The guy that plays Gus Fring. Oh, cool. oh, there was there was a show recently. Is that Kaleidoscope. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the show. Like, yeah. I think you're gonna watch it in whatever order, and it changes the plot. 
Hmm. So there's that change. Oh I'd my gosh. Yeah. Cool. Oh my god, that's gotta be a pain to write. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be just like this. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. So uh Andrew, what's your uh one to five? I'll give you a zero. You can go zero to five. <laughs> wow, Andrew, there are the writers are in the room and you are Miss America. <laughs> you're, you're right. No, I'll give it give us your honest <laughs> feedback. What nomination should it get? And you can make it up. What Emmy nomination should it get? Most chaotic. That's it was pretty tough. chaotic. Like, it was pretty chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Would the next episode follow like the space people? Like what I wrote? Or do I you think, think you it would, would keep actual, switching? No, I I on the way I see it is the pilot is all backstory for what you yes, wrote. That's what and I yours is the show. I think that was like the choice that Lily made to like make it a show within a show actually like changed it. Like yeah. to be that. Yeah. 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 Otherwise we could have went like somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's yeah. also could be fun, you know, later on in the in the season if we see we see how the actual aliens play out, but then we jump back to, you know, what's Captain Turk up to? What's Lieutenant Guan up to? Yeah, I like that. that would be Captain fun. Turk. Yeah. Lieutenant Guan was my favorite Have, uh, character. We lost him and I was William sad. William Shatner <laughs> just show up. <laughs> That's fun. If the show is like all four realities, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's yeah. a metaverse. You checking in with all of exactly. them? Exactly. Well, with that said, we're coming to the end. Now let's name the pilot. What would be the name of this show? Hmm. Uh, I'm borrowing this from an I Think You Should Leave sketch, but okay. Okay. Cosmic Gumbo. Ooh. Get some sausage in there. Yeah. That yeah. feels like a cop out. What about. I'm edit that out. What about. <laughs> yeah, actually, edit all of Matt out. <laughs> what about the big love? Because there's a big turtle, big eyeball, okay. and there's love. Wasn't there a show called Big Love about Mormons? Fuck my life. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We're all stealing. Um. How about the space between? Whoa, Ooh. space between. I know. Yeah, Dave, Ma- Dave Matthews will yeah. buy that song yeah. for the intro. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Space the space between? between because then it's also like you know the space between Earth the realities, space, exactly. The realities. exactly, and then Ooh. the space between our romance. Yes. Wait, what about star-crossed lovers? And star is like oh, Hollywood, I like, like that. double, Ooh. double meaning. I like that. Ooh. Yeah, think puns. Think yeah. puns. Taco Bell will keep us together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the moral of the story True. for sure. And honestly, it made me hungry. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of want Taco time. Bell. Love in the time of Jalupas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say this, but I imagine they also saw a lot of Taco Bell commercials. That's yes. why totally. Thank you for listening to Blind Pilots. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content leave us a rating and review if you can that really helps us out follow us on instagram at blind pilots pod and if you're a writer and interested in shooting your shot at blindly creating the best pilot ever written please go to blindpilotspodcast.com and fill out the writer's submission form we are accepting submissions from writers local in New York City or virtually across the globe or intergalactic writers, star-crossed lovers. What if this podcast is the first occurrence of like proof of life? 